This is episode 55. In this episode, you'll meet Susana Sanchez-Young, the creator of The Designing Chica. She shares how she navigates her full-time job as a visual journalist, her design business, and working remotely from home. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm so happy to be chatting with you all today. Well, actually with this person today and having all of you listen because she's so amazing. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and all of my your name- amazingness? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, my name is Susanna Sanchez Young. I am the owner of The Designing Chica. Uh, the Designing Chica is a small design firm that I created five years ago. And my tagline is, I create feelings on paper for the culture. I love it. You do. <laughs> like people see, like not just me, but I have witnessed when people go up and they see your like little puestecito all nice and colorful and you dancing and then they read something and then like I see like the emotions like come over and I'm like, oh, like it's, I've witnessed it before. <laughs> at all my events, I think there's like almost 10 people that cry at some of my cards um, because it reminds them of something their abuelita or their mom or their dad or their nina nino tío has stepped to them and basically my cards are are a reflection of the words that were given to me by all the same people and as a first generation latina you don't see well i'm 42 i'm going to be 43 and growing up stores cards shirts tv they're not marketed to us and i had an epiphany when i was pregnant with my first child and i was going crazy decorating his nursery and trying to figure out what to use and i couldn't find anything i would buy things at ross i bought a bunch of animal items like prints and stuff and then i returned them and the lady at the counter was like what's wrong with this i'm like nothing i changed my mind and as an artist, designer, you know, you, or, or as a regular person, you go to an art store or a place, you're like, well, I could do that. Well, why didn't I think of that or whatever? And I thought, I should just sit down, create something that I like, and it would be for me. And that was nine years ago when I created an alphabet that was just bright and colorful. And I was really happy with it. And before that, I've, I've been designing, illustrating for newspapers for 22 years as of this year. And I'd always create artwork for other people. And I would create my own Christmas cards and my own cards for my kids. But I never did it as a business because I never thought I had time. 
And then I realized, oh, I can make time by not sleeping. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's like, it sounds crazy, but it's also like really real. But yeah, and I can relate. But you know what? You shared a little snapshot of your story, your business story, but let's get to know you a little bit better first. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite food? I would have to say Guatemalan, Nicaraguan, and Mexican food. I grew up in LA. My mom is Guatemala and my dad is from Nicaragua. And I grew up with my mom making everything and it's delicious. I just love, I grew up a rice and beans and plantains for breakfast, you know, and, and my mom would on the weekends or if family was in town would make like a, to the best of her ability, Nicaraguan dishes. And I remember going out to Nicaraguan, I can't even say it right, Nicaraguan restaurants um, when we were little or going over family's house and just knowing, oh, this is where I came from. This is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. right? Cheese is delicious. We ate right, rice and beans all day. So I, my, my culture. And Mexican food, because I grew up in L.A., so we grew up going to a ton of places, you know, that were delicious, and so, yeah, and basically, food from my culture, beans, <laughs> beans and sour cream and plantains, I think that, like, the breakfast of champions. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, what's your favorite color? You know, for a long time, it was pink when I was younger, I was not an overweight girl, but I was always chubby or than my sister. And back then they didn't make sizes in pink, like items in bigger sizes. And my mom would always have to go to the boys section to get me things. And so, yeah. And so like the jacket, once my mom bought a jacket, my sister was in pink and then there wasn't my size. So she had to get a blue one and I'd always get blue and I would get, so annoyed I'm like I want pink and but there wouldn't <laughs> be things in my size or she couldn't find it until as an adult I literally went pink crazy you know pink office I, I had my first real job um when I moved away from California and I went to South Florida I was at the Target buying everything I'm like yeah I got my own apartment and I bought a pink Hello Kitty TV and it was with a pink remote control <laughs> when I was when I was younger when I was little like five six years old when I grew up I always said that when I grew up I wanted a pink Cadillac convertible like that's what I wanted like a real one or the Barbie one no I think it was based on the Barbie one but I wanted that in real life like when I grew up I I have one I have one I have the Barbie one and my my daughter doesn't want it it's a it's a relic it's from like early 2000s that was given to us she was like I don't want this anymore I'm like Valentina this is a collector's item I'm keeping it then I showed them the movie Gremlins and they saw Gizmo riding the pink Barbie convertible and then she's like oh my god we need to keep it I'm like no you want to keep it but yeah so pink pink um bright pink neon colors my daughter I have raised her raised her at my side um when we moved to california these last four years she's been at my side while i work while i sell and she loves the colors i use in her room and in her clothes and she loves the color pink but the rainbow so now i'm like a fan of the rainbow every color for my designs i i am i gravitate to each color depending on my mood what i'm 
What yeah, day? Your, your house and your designs are all very colorful. Yeah. Yes. So it just depends on my mood, pink, and then everything else, hmm. except for beige. My husband's very beige. That, that should be like one of your little cards or t-shirts. But first, pink. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the most recent book you've read? Okay. Don't judge me, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> No judgment. Like that's real. That's real. Like, read? like it's been a long time. That's it. <laughs> you know what? What book I read? I think it was like Cuentos para Niños. Like, uh, I'm trying to read more in Spanish to my kids. So I've been reading Spanish books. I haven't read a novel since I think the the Hunger Games. I buy books. I swear. I, I have books on books in my house that I buy and then people buy me and then I read the the first couple pages and then I fall asleep I'm just so tired uh, and well I mean that counts as reading the book right just the first few pages <laughs> yeah, yesterday I took my kids to the beach and I have a book called Quesadilla and I like the cover because it's a paper picado with UFOs on it and I'm like I should read this book and then it's light I didn't because my <laughs> kids kept, kept complaining at the beach I took them on a beach trip to this place in Richmond where there was like less than 20 people we basically had the beach to ourselves and my kids complained that it was too windy too cold too sandy too hot too cold and oh i didn't they get sound to. like my kids like everything <laughs> is an opportunity to complain yeah. about something yeah my husband when i got home he's like how was it i'm like they complain about everything so it was great yeah so i have i have a ton of books i have been bread that I buy but I buy them in support of friends who are authors so I worked at the Washington Post for eight years and I worked with one of the top writers reporters and a lot of them have published books and I buy their books do I read them no but I buy their books so that they I'm in support and I will read like just a couple pages but I read the newspaper every day because I'm a visual journalist and that's my job I need to be in the know of the news. I need to know what's happening. So when I get assignments, I'm clued in. And in my head, I, I am percolating or I'm digesting ideas and trying to think of, in case I get to design something like this, what should I make? And that's, thing, that's how I think mm. um, my, when I'm working. This week I'm furloughed. So I'm basically just cleaning up after my children and trying to work my small business ideas and I haven't been able to work on my small business ideas. I did on Monday and then yesterday we went to the beach and then I, but I made cartoon pages. I got coloring pages. That actually is like my stress reliever. So I read the newspaper every day and I like to read the New Yorker and, and I love to read my friends columns when, when their stories come out from the Washington Post, like the Metro columnists who write about, who have been writing prolifically about everything that's going on in the world right now so so I do have to say that your posts like on Facebook you post more on Facebook about like the news and articles and stuff like that I have found that in the past few years I'm reading more articles and more in tune with that because of you so thank you oh my god thank you so much seriously thank you that means a lot to me a lot there's a lot of people who tell me that and I'm really grateful that I'm able to do that for people, but it's also weird because there's strangers. I have strangers who are my friends on Instagram. 
followers um, that I just know by their handles who appreciate everything I post and links, facts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was my own, fa- but my own family members don't appreciate it. <laughs> like, mm. It's really an interesting, is the word dichotomy or, or I- irony or it's just interesting to see how the whole world is feeling this revolution, but there's people in your own circle that are blood related who aren't acknowledging it or mm posting conspiracy theories and when you call them out on it they get really mad and defriend you so i appreciate when people tell me that you're not the first one who tell who tell me that and i feel like i have a circle of friends from all my walks of life every decade every um every job and we all have different upbringings and they share with me these same words and so i i like to share on facebook and instagram things that help me things that have taught me things mm-hmm. that i feel like people could learn from and if people don't feel that there's something wrong with that mm-hmm. not with so. yeah i mean that's all we can do is share things that inspire us and then if they inspire other people then that's great but yeah i i understand what you mean about like people in your own family, in your own circle, like not being on the same page as you and just not recognizing or acknowledging like what's going on with the world really. But yeah. 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 And my mom goes, my mom told me, Oh, I told you in a DM. My mom told me, Mija, no peleas con borrachos. <laughs> porque no vas a, porque uno nunca gana. And, and she, and she, she, she said it funnier. My mom makes a lot of jokes and I thought, you know what? She's right. Why am I getting hurt? because my cousin defended me because I sent them facts. Mm-hmm. People don't want to read the facts. Well, that's their, that's, uh, I feel sorry for them and they're raising children and they think other, they think really weirdly about what's happening in the world right now. But yeah, I appreciate you and I appreciate a lot of feedback that I get from strangers who say, thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome. I'm mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a really important voice, like, for my, for me, yeah. But, okay, wait, I have a lot, a long list of questions, so let's, let's <laughs> continue. Let's it, because we love to talk. You yeah, and no, I, you and like, I could talk for, like, about yeah. anything for, yeah, all the time. What What's the last song you listened to? Oh, you know, I've been listening to the Pride Channel on Amazon, so I, uh, the, Britney the pride Spears. channel oh pride oh yeah on amazon they have a pride like they they configure list music lists for you mm-hmm. and they have a because it's pride month so it's mm-hmm. a lot of gay anthems gay party music from the clubs and i love those songs they're so they like dance jams and and my favorite one that always sticks out from the playlist it's uh, you better work bitch by Britney Spears. <laughs> I, play, I play that song when I make the, my kids clean the bathroom and the kids get so mad. And then they're like, why are you playing the song, mommy? It has a bad work. I'm like, I want you guys to work. Cleaning I tell my sack. kids, I, my kids are like, how come you say bad words, but we can't? I was like, I'm just giving you examples of words that you can't say. That's all. Like, exactly. well, like yesterday, yeah, yesterday, um, my son, Lorenzo, he was like, oh, well, how come we can't listen to words with bad songs, but you say bad words? And I was like, it's just an example. That's all. But don't listen to those bad words. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? 
That's a great question. There's so Frida Kahlo would be the one. She has inspired me and changed my life. Mm. She, I, I'm so thankful for the one substitute teacher in junior high school who introduced her to me. And I thought, well, this woman is crazy. It's weird. Why do her eyebrows look like that? Was the first reaction. But then I remember thinking, that's really cool. She taught us something we didn't know. And it was a substitute teacher in junior high. And I'm thankful for her, for her um, teaching us something that wasn't part of the curriculum. But because we, otherwise I wouldn't have known about her until college and I took uh, Spanish literature. I would love to just watch her talk and paint. I wouldn't talk to her. I would listen just mm. to hear her. Yeah. yeah. I'm like picturing it, just watching her like smoke and drink and paint and dance and you're just there with her, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, look at her. I can't wear her clothes because she's so skinny. <laughs> I would <don't> <laughs> just be a total fangirl. And she'd probably be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so, you know, I'm, I, I can just imagine from what I've read and how romantic and like observant and powerful with her words. Like she, it would just be amazing to listen to her say these words that I've read and hear them. I mean, my favorite part of the Coco movie is the Frida part because that is hilarious. That's like, when you see that, you think, oh, my God, that is, that's what she would have been like, you know? Drama, mm -hmm. color, more drama, and people thinking, what's wrong with her? And it's because she was ahead of her time. People always look at women who don't fit the mold, who don't follow the rules. They think, what's wrong with her? Nothing is wrong with them. They're thinking for themselves. They're mm -hmm. thinking about what can make them feel Mm -hmm. as opposed to what they should be feeling because of what society says. And she was that. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's the questioning authority and especially women, like you're supposed to be obedient and not question. And yep. Mm -hmm. okay. Totally. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm gonna go watch Coco. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how do you self identify? Like the his hers. Anyway, kind of. any words? I don't. I don't want to like. You know, you I, any, I don't want to direct you in any way. Just how do you know? You I haven't been in. Like I see that, and I, Susie. That's how I identify as myself. I uh, I haven't been. I understand it, and my husband the other day said I don't get it, and I'm like, well, there's some people who might be this but they want to be identified as such and like if you don't want to be identified as anything as yourself that's cool i'm like it's, it's a it's just for people to feel more to feel them comfortable in their skin and they want people to know that right yeah that's so, exactly why i asked this question is that for me and i think a lot of us um from our communities our latina latino chicana chicano latinx communities all of the above first generation so used to being labeled right that we don't even see that we haven't even had many opportunities to 
create or identify or create those labels for ourselves or right yeah and I think that's that's definitely why I asked this question um and then a lot of times those labels are negative labels like negative identities and so I feel that when we label ourselves in a positive self-identity we're taking ownership of who we are and who we want to be instead of who we think we should be because other people say so. And it could, and I'm not just saying like society at large, I'm saying like everything down to our parents, our children see us a certain way, our, you know, our spouses, our partners, our, our friends, like everybody in every way that we touch the world, everybody labels us. But yeah, that's definitely why I asked this question. And a lot of times people say it, people say like they use like, oh, like gender um, or culture or ethnicity or anything um, or sexual orientation. Or some people say I'm a first generation college graduate. You know, that's how they identify. Like just the ability to be able to like tap into this world of like, wait, this is me, not right. Who do you think I am? You know, it's different. Yeah. So you are Susie. Basically. <laughs> <Me>. Well, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, this is a different question. Okay. Uh, but it could relate to it if you want. Uh, what does cultural identity mean to you? There's so much to say. For me, growing up as a first generation Latina, I, I'm proud of where I came from. There was a part, time in my life where I wasn't and my parents were so busy that they they didn't like focus and emphasize on it and high school you didn't see people identifying with their culture like I'm just learning some of my friends were Nicaraguan in high school and I'm like or what am I didn't know that and I didn't know and that's because nobody back then you weren't taught to unless your parents were super, super proud, you weren't taught to publicize that because you didn't want to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of my culture. I'm proud of what my parents instilled in me, even though it was really hard for them to try to raise three Americans, Central American American kids when the world around them wasn't like the way they grew up. They were so strict. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, I'm proud of where I came from and the, my childhood and my experiences may have made me who I am today. Given me, it has given me this voice and ideas that someone who went to an Ivy league school, they might have these words, they might have this paper, but they don't have the background that I have that has given me the voice for to give my opinion to state you know this shouldn't be done this way this is condescending or this is racist towards this because of this like I have a background that no one else that other people might have and I'm proud that that background has helped me in my career in my life so I'm 
proud of where I came from. I'm proud of my culture. I, I'm proud of that identity. Is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at so one time, I was of really your cultural identity. You think of like being proud. Yeah, and so at one time in high school, I was trying to shed that. I didn't want to speak Spanish. I didn't. I was made fun of because I would say certain things, and I didn't have an accent in Spanish. My Spanish was. Uh, because I went to school with a lot of second and third generation uh, Mexican Americans, and they didn't talk Spanish. And I thought, oh, that's weird. And they didn't care about their culture. And I thought, oh, I should be like that. Why? Why are my parents this way? And mm-hmm. and then I graduated high school and I went to college. And college was, I went to junior college. I never went to university. I went to East LA College, and that was a different world. Older people, younger people. And I took Spanish literature. I took three years. And it opened up my eyes to history, things I didn't learn in high school, things that Mm -hmm. you should learn in high school, Mm -hmm. things that my parents taught me. And it was coming back to me about my culture. And I thought, wow, as an adult now with two kids, I want my, my, in living in an area that's not really diverse, I'm doing everything I can so that my kids could feel their identity, so they know that that they come from a strong group of people who have worked really hard so that I could be in a position where they are able to study and not have to worry about where food's going to come, mm-hmm. you know, or are we, my parents were self-employed. And so they never let me know that they struggled and they did struggle a lot. You know, their first day when they opened a the store, they made a dime from a cut from a, from a copy because they had a cup copier in their in their business and I never knew that until my mom told me one day when I was struggling and debating on whether to keep doing my small business and she said Mija when we opened our store we made a dime on our first day so mm-hmm. you're doing great you're mm-hmm. doing fantastic so so yeah I'm, I'm I'm trying to instill I'm trying to be the parent I always said I don't want to be like my parents oh my god I'm so much like my parents and that's scary (laughs) (laughs) i think we take the good and 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 like we're our own persons right so we we are like them we are like our parents but then we also want to instill what we've learned in our own experiences in our children too yeah right yes my mom tells me mija don't yell at your kids i'm like oh my goodness you're telling me not to yell at the kids (laughs) I'm like, I, you raised, but I go, do you not remember how you raised us? I go, and it's not so much you, it was, it was my, our dad, my dad, who I go to my husband. It was like herding cattle, you know? How they <laughs> it was not, it was, uh, and so that's something I have to work on, you know, not yelling at my kids, but they, I've learned that I'm not the only person that yells at their kids during quarantine or ever. My son just does that. He pushes the right buttons. Oh, I, I made fun of it. I, my kids and I made a little TikTok video of me yelling, like being that Latina mom that yelled yeah. and saying, callate, callate. Yeah. <laughs> I made a little TikTok video out of it just to like make fun of it. Because that's the reality. Like I, a few years ago, uh, when Lorenzo was just starting to talk, he was like, oh, what does papi say? And then like, oh, what does mommy say? And he was like, yeah, callate. I was like, oh my God, like that's really... <laughs> Like how he sees me, it's just yelling, yeah, 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 basically. But 
Okay, moving on to your business. Um, you already introduced your business and you talked about all the great and wonderful things that you did you do and also how you started a little bit. Um also I was very, very honored and happy to celebrate with you your five year anniversary. Oh my god, yeah, that earlier was earlier this year. year. It feels like it was like ten years ago, but it was like seriously god. like like four months ago. <laughs> 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 thank goodness that COVID didn't ruin that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it was, that was, it was that was cool. It was amazing. It was to see all these people coming together and how you. It was. I was so nervous because I thought I'm inviting people. I private message people. I told my family in LA, and no one went. Like no one took the time to come except for my mom and my grandma. My mom is like number one cheerleader, and my mom goes. Nobody wants to come with me, and I. But I will be there. I'm like, okay, thank you. And my sister told me I had to work. I'm like, it's okay. Like I feel, I feel like I go to out of my way sometimes for events in LA, and and they they reciprocate it. It's just harder for them, you know. And I have to know. I know that that it's harder for them, and it's easier for me to go down there. So, um, you know, and it's Jan. It was January. February, it was February. I remember we were talking about it, and I was running out of time I thought it's either now or I don't do it but I want to do it and I thought I've been working so hard while also maintaining a full-time job this entire time doing this yeah and, and I thought I, I I felt like I wasn't even to the place where I wanted to be that night but everyone people came people there was a line at the door and I was just like yeah there thing. was <laughs> And I'm just like, the, and then the reporter from Telemundo came, uh, no, it was Univision, it was a Univision reporter came and she did an amazing video. And I just felt like, I have something here. You know, that I, uh, as a designer, visual journalist, and you work in a newsroom, your voice uh, sometimes gets silenced by what the editor wants. And I've been, and as the designer, I have to do what they want and I also do give my input and a lot of the times with some projects that I've done and some pages I'm not happy with what I'm producing at every single newspaper I was I've been really excited and I've done amazing things and won awards and and it's you know and, and earn great money and and I have a reputation and, and people know me and it's been great but but nothing felt like that night where I produced my own event and I had people painting and people buying my cards and then supporting another business there, which was the gallery owner, Maria Sanchez and her Sanchez gallery. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like there is another career there here for me. And in the last two years that I've been living here in the Bay, I helped produce a Frida Kahlo. I helped like the museum local gallery here in Walnut Creek needed. I volunteered to, to do all these things and because I am who I am, you know, I went crazy and I told them, look at it, this is what you can do. And, and they hired me, they gave me a job. And I had three jobs at one time, um, two years ago. And I helped them produce an amazing Frida Kahlo show. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking of my anniversary party, I thought I did that for them. I could do this for me. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that night I thought, even if I don't break even, even if I, I'm in the hole, I want I want people to come and have a, and celebrate just how they come to my parties when I celebrate my husband's birthday, my birthday, and my kids' birthday. I want to celebrate the art and culture that has driven me to create something 
aside from my journalism career, where there's so many hands in the pot, so many, too many cooks in the kitchen, and have told me this needs to be this design isn't working. This needs to be this way. Here, it's mine. Mm-hmm. It's my culture. It's my design. I'm finally at a place where I don't want to take direction from other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I'm, I heard that. Yep. <laughs> I'm at a, I, I'm still working a full time job because it's a stable paycheck, but and I'm creating things that I think work, and sometimes they don't work. And 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 I'm re- I'm at a point where in I went to art school as well nine years ago in DC. And I remember them telling me, you're not working outside your box. You're not doing something different. You're creating the same thing. And I thought, okay, outside the box is really like, I, and I was working full-time then also, you know, in a, in a much more stressful position at the post while going, trying to get like a, a, a bachelor's in graphic design because I don't have a bachelor's. I never finished college. And so I thought, I'm being told that my designs aren't all that. And I need to think differently. And I thought, okay, I need to work harder. I'm too tired to work harder. And I think about the things I'm doing now. I need to work harder. I'm too tired. And I'm doing what I can. And what I'm doing is helping other people. Aside from my business, like I'm producing free coloring pages. And people have told me, you should charge for them. I'm like, I know I could charge for them. I'm asking for donations. But what I'm doing, I'm providing a service for people in this pandemic, in this revolution we're going through. I'm providing that and it it makes me feel amazing. It makes mm-hmm. me feel like I have a voice aside from my career and I'm helping others and it makes other people happy. I'm building a portfolio that's not a journalism portfolio. I'm building work that's helping other people. I'm building something from ideas that just pop into my head. And I, I took an Instagram class this weekend about how you should plan. And I thought, God, I don't plan at all. I just that this every morning I think oh what should I post I wanted to be inspirational I wanted to educate I wanted to be helpful I want people to buy my stuff but if they don't it's okay I don't I'm not mad that they don't I'm happy that people are flocking to my Instagram page and enjoying my post and my wackiness and learning from it and being inspired and it's every day I get notes and saying telling me thank you thank you so much and and i did that and now i'd like to take a little break are you a podcaster or have you thought hey i should start my own podcast well guess what i think you should i think we need more podcasters out there sharing their stories and all of us learning from each other if you want some tips on how to create a profit and loss statement for your podcast, visit latinapodcasters.com, go to the blog, and you'll find me. I've written an article about how to create a profit and loss statement for your podcast. It will also help you if you're a business owner, (laughs) just change out the word podcast to business. You'll also find some other great tips about podcasting on latinapodcasters.com. And guess what? I'm part of the Latina Podcasters Network. So very soon, you'll be meeting other women that are part of the network too. I'm so excited and I can't wait. Everything that you've said about your story, 
all the time. You and yourself, you are a revolution. You are like just a revolutionary person. Like that's how you started your business. You you said, no, I'm not going to just buy the things that you have to offer because that doesn't fit me. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's what I really, really appreciate about you, Susie, is that. And now I'm going to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I seriously like you, that's who, that's like who you are. And that's why you inspire so many people because we all see that. Like you are like just you yourself. You're like this like beautiful, like amazing pink, colorful (laughs) hurricane (laughs) that comes with all of its full force and just like washes everything away that doesn't need to be there anymore and just makes it better. Like seriously, like that's, that's who you are. And I really, really love you for that. And I'm so honored to be your friend and I'm so happy everything that you're doing. And I mean, I need to be a better business person. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't even no, think but, about but you, that. You, you are unconsciously like a really good business person. <laughs> I don't, you don't, you may, you may not plan or you may not like do all of these things that um, I tell everybody that you should be doing in your business. Cause yes, I, I'm, you should be doing all those things in your business, but unconsciously you've been running a business for the past five years. That's very, very successful while like having a full-time job and, you know chauffeuring my kids to all this shit (laughs) when I quit my when I quit my day job and I was like okay I'm gonna pick up my kids and drop my kids off and then I have these meetings and then I have all these all these other things I realized that on the afternoons I couldn't do meetings and do stuff because I had to go pick up my kids and from two different schools and then go here and drop off there I literally would put in my calendar uber hour because (laughs) I needed to block off the time you know, I thought in this pandemic that I would be like in in this week's furlough that I would get more achieved. I'm just really tired too. It's yeah, it's you mental. I'm mentally exhausted. Yes, I'm mentally exhausted. And so yesterday, I thought oh, I'm gonna work on these pink kids and then promote it because I promoted it a couple weeks ago, and people need want them, and people need them because we're still in this pandemic. It's not going away. I took my kids to the beach instead. And yeah, it, that's it, really important. We went yeah, to the so, beach on Sunday. Actually, yeah. we went to the beach. Last week, we went to the beach, I think, on Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's how we, I found a secluded place. And then my, my mom goes, Mija, you're doing a lot even when you feel you're, like you're not. So it's okay that you didn't do that. So I feel like today yeah. we're going to go pick up a dog. We're going to go. We got a dog. So we're going to go pick up a dog. And then I need to get the, I got the house ready for the dog, sort of. And so tomorrow, I, uh, I, I also got accepted into an art show at my local gallery again. Wow. I, I know. It's so Congratulations. I, thank you. It's a juried, there's a juried, um, uh, juried art show. So that means the people who pick the artwork don't know me. Even though the, so the, the people at the gallery know me, but the people who pick the artwork don't know me. Mm, so okay. I remember, cool. yeah, it's a, a bird. It's all about birds and I love birds, but oh, I, yeah. I you're committed. beautiful. You're beautiful. I saw you uh, paint that bird when we had that paint night 
Like just you like freehand it. I was like, oh, that's so pretty. Yeah, and so I'm gonna. I submitted my my pato illustration, a still life of enchilada sauce, but it's got mm-hmm. a duck in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's 15 minutes before deadline, and they already extended the deadline because of COVID. <laughs> and I submitted that because I thought this is different, and they got in. So tomorrow, I've been asked to collaborate with Fuchila. I've been asked to do something else. So. I'm going to do everything tomorrow. Yeah. So again, I, uh, yeah, everything that you do and then you say you're doing and you say you want to do, it's just seriously, like, it's so amazing and inspires me like all the time. And, um, and I've been working out this week. (laughs) I've worked out. So I feel feel good. That's why I'm laying down through this whole conversation because my muscles hurt because I actually use them to work out. I took two hours of dance. Monday, I took in 45 yesterday and today. We'll see when I can get it in, but that's actually that's actually actually made me feel so much better this week and stuff. And I always think to myself, I was doing it in the beginning of, of COVID. Why did I stop? Work got really busy with everything that's happening. Work has been busy. I'm thankful for my job, but it's been so exhausting. I'm stuck at my seat, and then I feel like spaghetti. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, I'm gonna my body hurts off. when I sit down yeah. for a long period of time. So, yeah. um, I when you okay, so all the things that you do all the time, mm-hmm. what is your favorite technological tool that you use? Oh, my iPhone, oh, my phone. iPad, and my laptop. The whole co- it's like weird, like the I whole wish collection <laughs> the whole collection for so, like on the iPad, I draw my uh coloring pages. And so I gather an image for inspiration and I work from that. Then I export it to my laptop so that I can put my logo on a template that I have. And then I export that as a JPEG and I post it on Facebook first. I didn't, I should be posting on my website, but that's too much work. (laughs) I haven't updated my website. Um, And then from my Facebook page, I then post it on my Instagram to link back to Facebook. And then, some people do go to my website. So it's a whole trifecta. I use mm-hmm. all of them. And I wish there was a way I should have, my husband bought me the iPad. I think, you know, he's awesome. And uh, like, I wish that I could have, I need to learn how to connect my iPad to my laptop so that I could draw directly on the screen, like a Wacom. Oh, like a okay. And then, uh, but the iPad has been, has revolutionized how I create my artwork because before I created it by just using typography and certain illustrations. Now I'm doing my own lettering and Your own and illustrations. Everything. It's like, a, it's like a digital sketch pad. Yes. It's a digital sketch pad. And mm. it's like, why didn't I sketch before this? Because I don't, I'm not going to say I'm lazy, but I was lazy not to sketch. And I would sketch on the computer and I would do iterations. I do prototypes. <clears throat> Cause that's what you learn how to do. Well, in college, when you take an art graphic design class, you sketch first by paper and pencil. I totally skipped that step because I'm just just want to get it done. And so, no, but it turns out like the way that you do it, I, really, it doesn't matter because it, it turns out really, really, they're all really great. And you, you like you bring out so emotion, so much emotion to people. <laughs> I was going to tell you, um, you know, I worked at the Washington Post for eight years, and um, they had a call out for artists who have been creating artwork during COVID, and I thought because I worked there, I wonder if I could still submit stuff. I submitted stuff and they selected my artwork as a, because I'm an artist. 
on my yeah. own. And so yes. my artwork, my artwork's now going to be published in the Washington Post for a oh my God. art thing. Yeah, so that's I'm like, so oh, cool. Wow. My work is going to be published in the Washington Post, and then I'm like, then I. Then it's like the other shoulder checks the other shoulder and was like, bitch, you worked there for eight years. You have a thousand clips of your work here and here and there. And then the other shoulder goes, yeah, but this is different. It is. No, I, I get it. It is different. Like you're doing it when you're working there, you're doing it for someone else, but like your yeah. own my own work artwork your own personal COVID. artwork yeah. yeah that's so cool congratulations yeah. see and like <laughs> in a magazine oh and i have another thing that's in an oh my oh, god <laughs> my to-do list is insane and i haven't done any of it because i re- yesterday i relaxed you know and and today is going to be more family time and stuff and i i'm not a, like a machine like when i look at people on instagram and i see a lot of creators and i'm like oh my god that person's got keychains. That person's got that and that. And I'm like, why am I not doing that? And I'm like, well, that's because I'm like, doing all these yeah. other things yeah. that are also amazing. Yeah. You you know what? Imposter syndrome is real. And yes. as a person with so much going for me, it does affect me. And and sometimes I feel like, why can I get my act together and do more? And it's like, because I'm already doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people don't realize it and i i'm very transparent about that on instagram like are people like a lot of people have asked me to host pink parties and I, and i'm like i can't i literally cannot can't. imagine me hosting a painting party and my kids are just acting like fools there's no i can't throw them anywhere you know i can't lock them in a room so that <laughs> i can do things and i've been at you know like i started my oh yeah and i have a painting business you know i started that so that people could have fun with my artwork and stuff and I pre-design it but to get in front of people and teach them how to do it from scratch that's a whole nother level and that's not yeah. something that I, I I have time for in what I and everything else I'm doing and stuff and a lot of people tell me you should do videos and you know what I was doing lives I just the work consumes me and you know yeah. it's been an emotional couple of weeks like if you don't feel the racism mm-hmm. and how awful that is mm-hmm. and it doesn't consume you then like what are you you know mm-hmm. and so I'm human and things affect me and stuff mm-hmm. and I feel like family you know like not being able to see my family affects me and stuff so I feel like mm-hmm. I want to be able to be at another level where I have products all over. I have a website that's a third-party website that offers online products and it's insane i wish i could have all these products at home so i could do my own marketing and do all these things but i can't have the space i don't even have the space for my own clothes you know in my house like i have it's it's uh it's hard trying so okay so your business the design in chica you are an illustrator designer but you sell so many different things you sell um stickers greeting cards, posters, small posters, bigger posters. You also, um, mugs, canvases, everything. And on the website, on your website, you can go on there and purchase like pillows, canvas bags, mugs, anything is just your illustrations printed on like almost any type of material. Right. Yeah. So you have those things. So you saw on the website, you do a lot of vending, but right now 
there's no in-person events so no. but i've been making money illustrating um freelancing like people have asked asked me to do coloring pages and i've charged for those mm -hmm. i don't promote it because i know my time limit yeah so if yeah. people ask me i will do that and i'll give them a price and so yeah that that's been cool <laughs> that's been, yeah i made a couple of those i i don't so I you're do also a freelance illustrator. <laughs> yes. Yes. I do it on the down low. I, people have asked me, I give them a price and my prices are high, but I have the experience to. And it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wants a coloring page, yes, I could do it for you. And but then you, you recently it. in the past year, you started your paint kits. Yes. Um, and your little, yeah, your paint kits. And then for Mother's Day this year, during the COVID shelter in place, you started selling these gift, boxes. gift baskets with all kinds of cool things. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just ready and waiting for what's next with the designing chica. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to start a culturally specific business or they have an idea like what what's your advice for them i can do it there there's space for everyone because everybody has a different voice uh we all have a love for our culture and especially in this time where our cultures are under attack we need to be amplified we need to have it front and center but i would also say do your research. Don't copy, borrow. Mm -hmm. Be inspired. Don't steal. Because a lot of there's a lot of people who are coming up with their little, you know, mercaditos. There's a lot of people who are becoming crafty, designing, and because they had an idea, which is great. And from those ideas, you create your brand, you create your style, you create a following. But you can't create it from other people's stolen work because mm -hmm. that is unfair. And I think um, I'm a real bitch about that. And I call people out online about it because I think it's unfair for people to reap the benefits from something they didn't create. And they don't understand editorial ownership, copyright laws. So, um, you know, I come off as an annoying bitch to some people. Um, but then you know there's a lot of people who will go online download a photo of frida and paste it on slap it onto a tile and then sell it it's like you're just a you know a crafter then you're not a creator you're mm -hmm. that, there's nothing wrong with crafting let me like uh step uh walk that back you're stealing artwork <clears throat> and selling it as your own is not is a big no-no and you will get caught because they all do and then there's some people who just don't listen and they sell counterfeit stuff and and that's unfortunate and people will learn somehow you know trial and error or get sued you know and so i would say for people like if you want to start a small business do it the more the merrier do it the right way learn learn don't say i didn't know you couldn't just download images from google it was on google no google is a search engine so that you input a word that you want to look for and you find an image and then the image is from the source and a lot of people are not taught that this is so funny that people are so illiterate on um their vocabulary and how 
the internet works and how copyright laws work. Mm-hmm. And so there's every other week you see somebody, oh my God, my work was stolen and stuff. And it happens too by big companies and corporations that they sell your work. And so uh, that's something I have to look out for too, where people have told me, hey, I think I saw this work somewhere else. And, and I'm like, what? And, you know, and I do an investigation. I'm like, oh no, it's, it's something else, which is mm-hmm. fine. But I'm glad people look out for me and stuff. So I would say, do it. Do it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. you could Google what is the difference between inspiration and stealing. Google, you know, and become friends with people, but don't ask people, hey, can you tell me what to do? No, do your research and study people. And before you ask somebody for business advice, you know, become their friend, learn from them. And then once you have a, a references and like basically, you know, an idea, then you ask that person that you idolize or you see online and stuff. Yeah. I think the key word is definitely like find inspiration, but it should come from you, right? Because yeah. when you own your own business, you're putting yourself out there, not somebody else's work out there. Yeah. I mean, there's been people who have messaged me and have asked me, hey, can we use your coloring pages for our a gift box we're creating? I'm like, if you're charging for your gift box, I will want to be compensated. You can't use like my work to put into your work that you're charging without compensating me. And this is how much I charge. You people ask me, can I, another person just emailed me and said, I work, my so-and-so works for a women's correctional facility, a jail. And we'd like to know we could print your copies in the bundle to give to the women in jail. I'm like, of course, why Mm -hmm. am I going to say no to that? You're not selling it. You're not, I like people ask me for permission all the time. Um, can I use your artwork for a yearbook ad for my daughter? I'm like, of course. That's because you're you think my artwork is strong enough to represent the love for your daughter. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know, and the internet is a vital place also, and people will steal stuff. So you have to be prepared for that and prepared for criticism. I, you know, and and people just tell you, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's not right. And I, I need to also learn how to shut it like once I saw a design and I told that person you know I'm an art director and I DM this presented publicly today I said you know these words because of your spacing which is kerning and letting the spacing that you know I told her it doesn't look like the word you mean it to me and then she goes well I think it looks just fine and I didn't ask you for your advice and I'm like okay (laughs) just an art director with 20 you know with like more than 20 years experience on typography and whatever i guess i don't know she didn't have said anything but really you know i mean like you said some people learn will learn the hard way yeah i mean yeah yeah Yeah. so last question yes if you had no constraints would you start another business yes (laughs) what would it be i work shark tank religiously oh my god we watch it all the time I love that show. I love all the ideas. I love when kids come up with ideas. Yeah. If I had another, like, what would it be? I don't know. I just like the idea that, yes. I mean, I started my card business and I was just doing postcards and the people said they wanted greeting cards. I started greeting cards. People are like, you should do stickers. I did stickers. You should do t-shirts. I did t-shirts. That's really hard. And they get dirty really easily. But I did do it. (laughs) I offer it on my website. You know, I got rid of all the shirts I had in my last sale. 
I don't have space. I used to live in Virginia in a three-story colonial home with like my own basement for everything. And it was amazing. And then we moved to California and we lived like in a shoebox. So in a, <laughs> in a lovely, in a lovely shoebox that I could call my own. Um, and so I have all these ideas. Like right now, I, I'm a part of a Frida gift box with Artesun and who put on the Frida event in San Jose. But because of COVID, I, they're not, I don't think they're going to host it because it's not, there's outbreaks. It does, the cases are spiking. So mm-hmm. they, they asked me to be a part of it and they paid me and I'm thankful that they paid me. I dropped off their package on, on uh, Sunday with um, a ton of my artwork, like 50, they bought a bunch of stuff and I'm really thankful to them. So that was, you know, I sold a wholesale lot of my artwork on Sunday, something I do, but I haven't put my wholesale line sheet together so because like it's so hard it's not hard i'm just it's just a lot it's a lot and you already do a lot yes it is so so one thing at a time yeah Yeah. so in my head i thought i should just make gift boxes of my things and people Mm -hmm. loved it Mm -hmm. and i feel like i could do a cultural gift box so morcajete does it and people are loving it i didn't Mm -hmm. participate in it because they wanted more than what i had so I didn't do it, but the chingona box, oh, I'm part of hers. My, ching, my, my things are going to be part of the chingona gift box also. I'm, I'm in a lot of places right now that I'm like laying down and talking to you, pointing it all out. I'm like, there is a lot I'm doing. And then I thought, I need to do my own Frida Kahlo box. Why yeah. not? <laughs> so, um, Why not? Yeah. And then so people thing- can find you in a lot of places. Your website. Yes. Instagram, Facebook, where else? Where else can people Twitter. find you? You know, on Twitter, I basically tweet stuff. I should, I've been trying to keep more <laughs> business stuff, but I forget. And that's where a business coach will come in handy to outline and then take a, what is it, a, an inventory of what I do. A business wrong assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff because I forget. Sometimes I go on tangents and there's so much like panic scrolling and I, I, I should. I'm trying not to panic scroll because that's a waste of time. I did that last night while I was cleaning. I'm like, why am I looking at these stupid tweets? Cause it's my, it's numbing. And then you like to see how dumb people are because like how smart people are on dumb people. Like the mm-hmm. tweets that are written so well crafted. I enjoy them mm-hmm. and how they make fun of people. And that's not, <laughs> not bullying, but just news wise, how, people are just being really dumb right now about a lot of things. And it's really sad about how people react to things because they don't read, they don't pay for a newspaper subscription. So they get their news from their friend from high school. You know, (laughs) it's not a valuable news source. So I get my news from you. (laughs) Yeah. I I get the facts. Nothing but the facts, man. I think I, I, you know what, right now I have 30 avocado seeds, seeds that have sprouted. Oh my God. I know. And I told my husband, I can have an avocado farm because everyone that I put it, like a couple of died, like they don't sprout. And everyone who I posted the picture on Facebook, they're like, you have an addiction. I'm like, I do. I like plants. And I feel like I would love to have a gift shop where you can learn salsa on Friday nights, take a painting class on Saturday, and then take a yoga on Sunday. And then you come and buy things and make things like a Michael's paper source. 
source Kate Spade, but cultural. And I love people who do that. Like Kathy Chica in Arizona. She has mm-hmm. her Mufama store and it's lovely. Um, the, there's a, a place in Chicago, a place in New York. I see these stores. There's one in San Diego too, Artelecia. Oh, Artelecia. I've oh, been yeah. There, yeah. She's like the definition of goals. I sold mm-hmm. my artwork. I had a pop-up there um, two years ago when I first, or yeah, it was two years ago. And it was with, uh, and that's how I met um, Luis from Mocajete. We sold right right next to each other and we mm. became really, like I I became really good friends with them and I, I helped them with their event here and like helping them pick a place here in the Bay Area and stuff. And I'm an ally. I, I feel like if you're good to people, they're good back. And mm-hmm. if they're not, well then, oh well, you know, you learn, you live and learn. Yeah. But um. I, I like Arte Alexia. Like, I've seen how hard she works. I've supported her. I bought that puzzle from her that drove me and Valentina crazy because we it's a thousand pieces and we lost one and we finished it. <laughs> oh, the Frida one that you just. Yeah. A thousand. Yeah. And then people are like, what, nobody wants to do puzzles. Nobody wants to do puzzles. Oh my God. We are in another one. We're doing an Andy Warhol one. Oh my God. That one is hard. And I got it at the Goodwill. You know what? And I love thrifting. I love going to consignment stores and buying treasures. Like, I just want to yeah, be able yeah. to have. A store here. I live in Walnut Creek. People make fun of me for living here because it's so white. And you know what? People who have worked hard, like me, who aren't supposed to be here, who were able to buy a house where the original deed said only white people, Caucasian people, can be sold to this house. This sold could this house can only be sold to Caucasian people and no people of color. Like, That's what it said on your original yeah. deed. Yeah, the original original deed. They amended it. Uh, previous owner amended it, which is great. But you know, I celebrate that, and I and I think that's right. They didn't want people like me or my husband here, but we're here. And there's other people who are working just as hard to live here because they want something great for their kids. Because they grew up in the hood and they saw how their parents struggled. And I wanna. I am here, and I'm changing the perception of this town in the city, little by little, by helping my community and helping people in my school district and, uh, and being more a part of my kids' school. And I feel like if I could do that in, as a small business, I could do that as a bigger player here. So my goal long-term is to have a place so that kids could come and learn, you know, take a Spanish class, take, you know, just like a, a place to learn, a place like, like a big self-help. studio of yes, everything studio. and a little mercado. Exactly, like self-help graphics in in downtown LA. It's been getting a lot of crap because of the gentrifying neighborhood it's in, and new new kids don't get the history and stuff. But I, in college, I got to learn about that, and I would go there and I learned, and I want to bring that here because there are a couple places here that are doing it. They're small in small places. I wanna I wanna be able to do that if. If I didn't have to work, if I had money to do it, if I had money to burn. I said no constraints, so yeah. No constraints, that's what I would do. I would have a place that could be a mercadito here in Walnut Creek so people could learn because that's what these neighborhoods need. They need to learn about culture. They need to know about people because they could grow up in a bubble and not ever learn about mm-hmm. anybody else in the language or could you mean Some people grow up not knowing geography, you know, or not knowing that there's yeah. people from other countries other than Mexico. Yeah, you know? and talk about institutional racism. You literally just gave an example 
of how um what is it called is i think the term is gerrymandering where like oh, literally yeah. in yeah. the deed of the house yeah. says you yeah. can only sell this property to another caucasian person yeah. another white person i mean if that's not evidence of institutional racism that people don't see it yeah. yet like i don't know what is but so I have well, to like I now. said, you're just a revolution yeah. <laughs> in every part of your world. You and everything, everything that you touch. I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. No, you're a beautiful <laughs> revolution. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing your story and your life and everything. But I appreciate your patience in in doing this. Um, and I can't wait to share it and post it and support you back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> have a great day and thank you so much for sharing. thank you for listening to relate and elevate find me on instagram at giselle's world and on facebook at gm strategist make sure to visit my website giselmartin.com and please please rate review and subscribe to this podcast hope you have an amazing day bye